0: So we're going to continue on with some uh, Packers news this time, not Lions news. I kind of hate doing this because I missed a week and I feel the constant pull to go all the way back and start working, you know, in a line. But I'm just not really going to do that. If I have time and want to go back and dig some stuff up, fine. If there's anything, like I said, that's important that I skipped that you want me to talk about, you're just going to have to ask. Otherwise, this is how we're rolling for now. Otherwise, be sure to check the uh, description. All kind of goodies in there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is sort of the general idea of how certain players are performing thus far. So we'll start off the notes with somewhat of a negative one, and that is about Cole Madison. Now, I don't know how much worse this is than expectation, but for anybody that kind of had the opinion that Cole Madison is a very, very good offensive lineman, he was going to have a massive impact last year. And uh, he'll probably have a big one this year. I'm not so sure. I think at this point, it's a matter of, can he get up to speed? And if he doesn't, are the Packers going to be gracious enough to say, well, you know, he had a year off. He's still got some potential. We'll see what happens. Let's give him another year. Or are they just going to cut him? I know that seems crazy, but let's try to keep it in context of the fact that he is a fifth-round draft pick. The Packers have had a lot of late-round draft picks that just got cut the first year. I mean, the Packers drafted Kofi Amicia in the sixth round. He stuck around a little bit, but he was never any good, and he just got cut. And nobody really thought anything about it because he's a sixth-round guy, so it's like, eh, whatever. So again, let's just try to keep it in context because I know a lot of people really like Cole, right? Supposed to be super athletic. He's got the Josh Sitton hair. People remember how good Ted Thompson was in the fourth round, so somehow it just it all just kind of went on Cole Madison, like, oh, he's guaranteed to be a freak. But as I said a long time ago... He did not play in an NFL-style system whatsoever. It was very, very, very different, and it was going to take him probably a year to get caught up. Well, then he took a year off. So not only does he not know how to run an NFL system, but he took a year off, and now you got coaches saying you can tell he took a year off. That's not to say he's not necessarily, I don't know, to me it kind of speaks more to conditioning, just general football conditioning, because not understanding the system has nothing really to do with taking a year off. So it sounds like he's got several hurdles to get over. And then when you look at already the depth of the offensive line, I think Cole Madison is a long way off from being a lock to play in 2019. I think he has to fight pretty hard to establish his spot as a backup this year. And I hope he can do it, but I just don't want to assume it. And when I start hearing coaches talk kind of like negative coach speak, which is a coach trying to be as positive as he possibly can, but just can't find anything positive to say. You know, he, so here's essentially what Stenovich said. You can tell he's been gone a year from the game. There's some things that he's got to improve on, but he's doing a good job, which means nothing, by the way. Again, reading between the lines. Certain things you key in on, certain things you don't. He said something negative. Now he's got to say something positive. What's he going to say? He's doing a good job. With what? Trying? That's my guess. We're asking him to do a lot of different things. We're putting a lot on his plate with Garden center, and he's handled it pretty well. At first, his head was kind of spinning. You can see as he's going along, getting along more comfortable. I just made that sentence entirely up because I read it wrong. But he's getting more comfortable. Hopefully, by the time training camp rolls around, he'll be rolling. That, I think, is extremely telling. Because what he's... He'll be rolling, in my opinion, just means up to speed, up to where everybody else is. So we're hoping that he can just get to zero by the time training camp rolls around. Because I don't think rolling means, like, because then he's going to be dominant. No, rolling just means like up to speed, like not making really silly errors and just generally disappointing everybody. I mean, if I, if I was just to kind of ball all that up and put it into a, a sentence, it would essentially be, it's not going great, but we're hoping he'll get it figured out. That's exactly what I read when I read that paragraph. Fake made up sentences and all. So that's somewhat disappointing, but you still got to be excited about the offensive line in general. I mean, it's not like the old days with sitting and lying and everything. But it's got some pretty good potential. Uh, some other offensive notes as far as the running backs. Uh, Aaron Jones, I guess, has really honed in on his diet, which feels like that's just something that every football player should be doing. But I think because of his injury history, same with uh, Kevin King. The Packers uh, training staff basically told these guys, you got to bulk up, you got to tighten up. I mentioned Kevin King kind of bulked up, you know, his upper body strength. Aaron Jones apparently cuts out some of the sweets got rid of a bunch of body fat, packed on a bunch of muscle. And, and this has been a common theme with the Packers, who you know obviously have a lot of injuries every year, are trying to resolve that. This seems to be – it sounds like they've got a theory and they're going all in. So the guys that keep getting hurt, they're saying, all right, you're going to do a lot of push-ups and you're going to get a lot of muscle. The guys that we're drafting and bringing in, well, for example, Preston and Zadarius are really, really um, not injury-prone. Very healthy football players. Guys that they're drafting, you keep hearing, well, we want big guys. And a lot of that is not just, you know, Rashawn Gary's big, which helps him get to the quarterback, but a lot of that is keeping healthy and not getting injured. All right? You hear about wide receivers, we want bigger guys because we're tired of people getting hurt all the time. Guys with some, you know, some muscle packed on so that they can take a pounding a little bit. Apparently, he cut his body fat percentage in half from 11% to 5.3. That's crazy. I don't know if I necessarily hear it because I've heard some crazy stuff and... 5% body fat is about as trim as you're going to get. And he does look pretty trim. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. But you ever see, like, the competitive bodybuilders and how they're so trim it's almost kind of gross? Where their skin is like paper and you can see every single vein running over, like, their stomach. They got, like, ab veins. That's like 4%, I think. So, I don't know. I'm taking the whole 5.3 with a grain of salt. But he's, he's, he's cut. He's super cut up. Um, I see there was some talk about Jamal Williams transitioning to the other running back with a big question mark about his ability to transition to the outside zone. Primarily because he's he's a banger, and it's it's kind of hard to take somebody on directly when you're running kind of at an angle. Now, ideally, you plant your foot in the ground, you get going north and south, and you smack somebody, but that's kind of the question. Can he transition? Can he make this work? And can he still utilize his strengths as a power runner in the outside zone? And I think it's it's kind of a, a dividing line. And it's actually kind of similar to what happened last year with jordan howard and the chicago bears uh matt nagy came in he employed a new system and he he told um he told howard listen you got to be able to catch footballs or this isn't going to work and he put him on the jugs machine for 100 times a day or whatever and the point is it's either going to work or it's not and i kind of feel like that's where jamal's at because it's it's either going to work spectacularly to where he can run outside and as was mentioned if you can make outside work, that's when you can employ a little bit of inside, you know, when the when the defense is flowing and kind of expecting the outside zone and he cuts it inside, he can utilize his strengths as an inside guy and you're keeping the defense off balance and it just works out really, really well. But he has to be able to implement the outside zone. And it sounds like the way they're doing it is, is somewhat simplified. I guess in my mind, outside zone or even inside any zone is just you kind of run to the outside and you're just kind of looking, looking around like, uh, okay, where is it, where is it, where is it? And you try to find it. But the way that it was laid out, at least in this article here, is that it's sequential. In other words, there's going to be three gaps. You go to the first one. Is it open? Nope. Go to the second one. Is it open? Nope. Go to the third one. Is it open? So, I mean, that that kind of makes sense, and it simplifies it to where you're basically just running, checking, running, checking, running, checking. I mean, you don't stop running. But then again, the idea is if Jamal Williams can make this work, and if he can get the timing and everything down, and he can get to the point where he can see the hole, because it's, it's about quickness. Again, what made Aaron Jones so good about this is he's unbelievably decisive. It's incredible watching him do this. I don't even know how he does it. He's running at nothing, and all of a sudden there's a hole there. And a split second after he gets there, the hole is closed. I've said before, it looks almost like he's teleporting. Because I, I swear I'll watch it from a perfect vantage point. It's like, there's not a hole there. How did he get through? So the, like every position, there's a lot more nuance to things that, you know, you look at it and it's like, well, this is the fastest guy. He should be a great wide receiver or how is the slow guy getting open down the field and the fast guy can't it's just there's weird crazy nuanced stuff where it's all about kind of technique and timing and all this other stuff if jamal can make this work he can be really good sort of that derrick henry kind of mold right he's he's a big inside guy that made outside work and it was actually the best year of his career but that doesn't mean it's going to happen it just means if it can happen it can do really really good things because i I think it actually could work to his benefit even more because as you spread it out and as you get to the outside it's not as congested and you take a guy that's a banger like Jamal Williams and let's say he's able to get outside you don't have all that congestion you don't have all these big 300 pound guys with their arms wrapped around you and you got to break those tackles and then break the linebacker you maybe got one linebacker and then one safety and if you can get out to the outside you can plow over this linebacker you might have a little bit more space and we saw several times where he was dragging guys but, it, you know, what does a guy with that amount of power do when instead of dragging five guys, he just plows over one and before two or three guys show up and tackle him? So there's a lot of potential, but I, I kind of see this as a fork in the road. On one hand, he could be a very, very good contributor. On the other hand, he might not be with the team beyond this year if, if, if it shows that he just can't hang, right, if he can't do this. And this is where it kind of becomes Dexter has the ability to be number two because, you know presumably they drafted Dexter Williams knowing full well that he's going to be able to do the outside zone that's why we drafted him he's going to be a good fit for our scheme and and so at that point it becomes so in my mind Jamal Williams is is above Dexter Williams but if Jamal can't do this Dexter's just going to take the number two job away pretty quickly and if that happens I'm going to be slightly concerned about Jamal being able to stay on the team because, again, similar to what happened in Chicago, we're going to try our best to to make this work for you. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and we're not going to change the offensive scheme. We're not going to change what we're doing because of one running back, especially when you're not even the top running back. When we got a guy as talented as Aaron Jones and we got Dexter backing him up, and you're a fourth-round guy going into your third year or whatever, it's just, eh, by next year it's year four. We're talking about it's basically your contract year. It just becomes kind of a maybe this isn't going to work so anyways that'll be interesting to keep an eye on um sticking with the offense but getting more towards some positive news aaron Rodgers has been heaping praise on marquez which is awesome and i know a lot of times when this happens certain people jump up and they're like well of course he's going to say that and we've heard several times where aaron Rodgers or whoever will say something positive and it doesn't work out like jimmy graham last year but it doesn't mean he's lying and um you know again he says it about somebody. He's not saying about other people. He's not saying about Jaymon, E.Q., Kumaro, whoever. He's not saying it about those guys. In fact, it, it, you know, it would be different if somebody says, what did you think about um, Marquez? And he says, well, I think he's doing well. He was asked about the young receivers. And Rodgers chose to single out Marquez. And here's what he said. I think Marquez has had a fantastic spring and really stepped up as a guy who can be an every-down player. That's big. Now, it's early. But Aaron Rodgers is looking for guys that understand what they're doing. Right, the biggest problem last year is that guys don't know what they're doing. So clearly that's not the case because if he's running around not really knowing what to do, and again, it's it's not full, you know, we won't know until things really get rolling. We get the pads on. You get some, some, you know, maybe a little bit deeper into the playbook. Maybe things fall apart a little bit. But at the very least, he's taken the leap that Aaron Rodgers expected, and that's important because I think everybody kind of was hoping Marquez would be the number two. That's kind of where it's been heading, you know, as far as, there doesn't seem to be a lot of competition there, especially now that it seems like is kind of being pushed into the slot. Everything's kind of falling into place now, and I'm sure there'll be interchangeability. I mean, that's kind of one of the benefits of it. You know, Devante is going to be in the slot once in a while. I think Marquez could move into the slot. We know Geronimo can play outside. EQ is an outside inside. Again, the versatility is, is there for just about all these guys. Um, another sort of endorsement, I guess. And, and, you know, again, we've heard this before. We'll see what happens, but I've been saying it for a while. Aaron Rodgers said he expects a big bounce back from Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham has also been saying that. I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm just going to go out and say I believe it. Now, I understand bounce back doesn't mean going back to 2011 or whatever it was when he was a dominant football player with the Saints. I'm talking about going back about two years ago and just being what he was with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, a couple reasons I believe it. Number one, I, again, I've been saying it for a long time, and I believe it because I think his fall off was too far. I think he's better than he performed last year. I don't know what the problem is, and there's no guarantee that he's going to get it figured out. But I don't believe the narrative that's out there that he's just done. Like this, this he fell off because he was just. It doesn't matter where he went. It doesn't matter what the scheme was. It doesn't matter who the coach was. It does none of that matters. He fell off because his his body just gave out on him. I don't buy it. Is his play declining? Yes. Is he able to do what he used to do when he's younger? No. Is he just complete garbage now? No. He can do what he did in 2017 with the Seattle Seahawks. I do believe that. Furthermore, Rodgers went on specifically, and this is something I haven't commented on because I don't know, but Rodgers would. He said he believes that this is a better scheme for Jimmy Graham. He said this offense, I think, fits him and his body type. And I don't think anybody would doubt that. As much as Mike McCarthy talked constantly about loving tight ends, wanting tight ends, need, I think he understood rightly the importance of tight ends We just never really saw them get utilized properly. We had a lot of great tight ends run through here. They never, ever met their potential, including Jermichael Finley. Everybody talks like Jermichael Finley was this great tight end we had. He had potential. I I specifically remember every single year hearing, this is the year he's going to break out, this is the year he's going to break out, and he never did. He had talent, he showed flashes, but then he just, it just never really fully materialized. He never met his full potential, and then obviously we had Jared Cook, who kind of, you know, got hot toward the end of the season. We had uh, Martellus Bennett, which was just a complete nightmare, but still, same situation. It should have been better. I mean, when he was playing, when he wasn't faking injuries and and messing over the team, there were still several weeks where he should have produced and didn't. Then we get Jimmy Graham, the biggest free agent tight end signing. I mean, for two years in a row, we got the two biggest free agent tight ends. Maybe even three. We got Jared Cook, we got Martellus Bennett, and then we got Jimmy Graham. And you're telling me that it was just... Every single one of them just fit. Nah, I don't buy it, man. There's no question when you when you buy older guys, they're they're gonna produce less than they probably did last year. But I just think McCarthy would just he couldn't get it done. He liked tight ends. He understood the importance of tight ends, but he didn't know how to utilize them. Now that doesn't necessarily mean Lafleur does. But with the more modern offense, you tend to think he's probably going to, especially when he runs an offense that's about scheming guys open as opposed to just being like, all right, go beat them. Because I don't think Jimmy Graham's a go beat him kind of guy anymore. He's not going to beat you with route running. And now he should be big enough and strong enough to at least box guys out, and that's great. right? if you're just going to run up and, and, and run a curl route, and you're just going to box a guy out and, you know, hold your super long arms out and catch the ball so that the defender can't do anything about it, you should be able to handle that. You know, red zone responsibilities, go up and get it, boxing people out, all that stuff. That's not really a physical attribute as far as, like, well, he's not fast enough to do it anymore. Dude, it's technique. It's size and technique. You're still big. You still know how to do it. Just go do it. But now also with the the scheming and all that, it should help. So that's also good news. Again, none of this is outside of the expectation. I expect Rodgers to say big things about Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jimmy Graham has also come out and said he expects of himself he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. A lot of that doesn't mean very much. But again, couple that with we have reasonable expectations because, as I said, he fell too far. Uh, New offensive scheme, a more modern offensive scheme a coach and a system that does like tight ends. We heard last year that um, LaFleur essentially built the offense around Delaney Walker last year, and then he got hurt, which is a big part of the reason why everything went south. That and Mariota's horrible injury really threw a wrench in things. But, uh, you know, again, he's, he's has f- there's every reason to believe that it should at least be better. Now, I'm tempering expectations because I don't expect a super huge leap or a ton of production like I did last year. But I expect him to be an impact player, which he was not last year. Um, Devontae Adams had made a comment that he really likes the offense. It's not the first time he's said it, and I kind of see it as a throwaway. But it's still nice, especially at this point in the season, to hear it and get excited about it. Specifically, he mentioned big plays and how Lafleur and this this type of offense does a really good job of getting big plays. And that's something the Packers really haven't been able to I mean, back in the day, the Packers were great at big plays. That's something that the Packers have been struggling, and and they've been wanting to do, which is actually a really good thing, assuming it works. Because if you think about last year, part of the problem was at least assuming it it was. It's what we all assumed and what we were told it was, including Aaron Rodgers, was, well, we need big plays, we need big plays, we need big plays. That's what the NFL's about, we need big plays. And I'm sitting here saying, please stop with the big plays, because you keep trying to do big plays and you keep failing. And you need to focus on the small plays in front of you and getting five yards as opposed to taking a sack or whatever. A third and two. How about a small play? Nope. Big play. Come on, guys. And then after watching an entire game of them trying to get big plays and failing when they didn't need big plays, Aaron Rodgers comes to the podium and goes, yeah, well, we got to figure out how to get those big plays. So as annoying as that is, if Aaron Rodgers is stuck on that and the Packers are stuck on that, and that seems to be the way it goes, like you you, you got to get big plays in the NFL. Fine, let's just find a way to make it work. McCarthy couldn't figure out how to make it work other than to just run four verticals all the time. Third and two, verticals, all go, and sack. Quick, everyone, run 20 yards down the field. I mean, that was the extent of the creativity of McCarthy's offense last year. So hopefully they are able to do that, and, and there is reason to believe, but it, you know, it, It all builds off of everything else, right? The good thing is it all kind of starts with the run, and then you build off of that, right? As everybody knows, you you don't run to run, you run to pass. But you got to be able to run the ball, and there's a reasonable expectation to think that they can. So you run the outside zone, then you run a play action off of, you know, a bootleg while everybody's flowing this way, Aaron Rodgers rolls the other way. A lot of misdirection, a lot of getting the defense off of their game and, and tricking them into thinking this. You know, running, as they've said several times, it's about looking the same but executing differently. That's my way of saying it. I don't know how they say it. But in other words, getting the defense to think, oh, I know this play, and then not doing that play, doing something entirely different. It's almost, it, it, it's like chess. You're baiting them because you know what they expect. It's not a matter of just running a different play from the same formation. It's about, if if you think I'm running this play, this is how you're going to act, I now know how you're going to act. So here's exactly the play that we're going to call based on what you're going to do. Right, you think I'm going to do this, so we're going to press, and because you're pressing we're going to do this, or you're going to play off, so we're going to do this. Or, you know, I think we can get you to bite here and then, you know, we're instead of you know breaking in what you expect, we're gonna go in and up. And while you're biting up because we're gonna do a pump fake, because again, you expect us to go there, I'm gonna get you to jump an air ball and we're gonna throw it over the top of your head for a forty yard touchdown. So it's it's very cerebral on Matt LaFleur's part and the good thing he's got Aaron Rodgers there who also understands it at least that's what he's trying to get caught up to and if you can get the head coach to do all these things and you get a quarterback that understands first of all this is the play we're calling but why we're calling the play it's going to be an unstoppable offense I mean if you've got a quarterback that understands we're calling this play because the defense thinks we're going to do that play we're going to make them think we're doing that but we're going to do this so I know my eyes need to be over here but I'm really throwing over there because all this stuff isn't going into the headset, but it's supposed to be understood. And Aaron Rodgers' quick ability to pick all this stuff up is going to be extremely beneficial because a lot of this is on the quarterback. You, know, you look at Matt LaFleur coming in and trying to just throw this at the Titans, and it's their first year, and Mariota, you know, not saying he's a dummy. I'm sure he's a really smart guy. But there's so much to this that a incredibly cerebral quarterback can take this scheme to the next level. So, again, it's, it's got to work. You know, it's got to build off the run game. The run game has to work. Well, I expect the run game to work. From there, the, the short and intermediate plays have to work. And then we slowly build off that, and you build up to the big plays. If you can't execute the smaller plays, you're not going to execute the bigger plays, which was almost sort of the problem with the Packers last year. They couldn't execute anything. So if the defense just wanted to take away big plays, they could just focus on taking away big plays because as we're trying to stay back and make sure that you can't do the big plays, we're also able to stop you from doing little plays because your offense is garbage. So anyways, I am running very, very late. I have to go. I hope you all enjoy this fantastic Wednesday. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.